Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow and S&P are lower. NASDAQ trading at a record as we move into the final hour of trading. And this update is brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. Save money and get a free gift card every trip. Use code BUSINESS and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card your first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. U.S. technology shares advancing to records. The dollar gaining with Treasury yields as bets increase for a hike in U.S. borrowing costs next month, dampening a rebound in commodities. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 39 cents a barrel, 46.04 on WTI, a drop there of eight tenths of one percent. Gold down 10.80 the ounce, down nine tenths of one percent to 12.16. The tenure down five thirty seconds. The yield there two point four zero percent. Equity volatility remains near a 24-year low. Stephen Whiting is Global Chief Investment Strategist at City Private Bank. Well, uh, it is an uncomfortable calm. Uh, I would bear in mind that markets have feared shocks. There were known catalysts that could have turned out negative. Uh, risks to the Eurozone uh, from the French election with one candidate uh, campaigning for uh, essentially the breakup of the main two partners of the Eurozone, and it didn't occur. The S&P 500 index down a point at 23.98. Little change. Dow Industrials down 19, a drop of one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ up three-tenths of one percent. Hurt shares hitting a pothole today. They are plunging as investors question how long the recovery will take. The car rental company has been hit by tumbling used car prices in the United States. Hertz down 13.4%. And Valiant Pharmaceuticals International says it is making progress selling assets and is bringing in more cash, helping cut debt, and allowing it to boost its full-year sales forecast. Valiant surging 23 Again, recapping, S&P down a point, a drop there of one-tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. What's a headbanger going on here in Boston? Neil Young rocking the free world all over the world. It's uh, called headbanging and sniffles. That's what we are. Dave Wilson. The new, new rock band. Warm us up with some, you already warmed us up with some Neil Young. What do, what do you got for us in terms of your chart of the day? I'm just trying to get past this headbanging and sniffles concept. <laughs> you like that, don't you? <laughs> no. It's, you catch it's, on. It, I, I'm not sure where, though. I I'll tell you what. Neil I'm Young's just, real headbanging music. It's still Neil Young. You were doing some headbanging there. I'll tell you All what right. might catch on, though, investing in stocks outside the U.S. And, you know, I say this because if you look back over the last seven years or No one so, does a segue like Dave Wilson. Can I just tell you? But go no, ahead, Dave. Just trying <laughs> my best here. The U.S. has definitely been the place to be for equity investors going back to 2010. Uh, the chart I put together shows you that. It also shows a bit of a reversal that's been going on since December. Uh, when you look at the, the exchange traded fund universe specifically, uh, it's a comparison of the Vanguard FTSE XUS index. That's everything outside the U.S. 
relative to the S&P 500 uh, ETF, specifically uh, the Spider, uh, the one that trades under the ticker SPY. And that Vanguard uh, e- ETF, by the way, the ticker on that one is VEU. Uh, you see that there's been a bit of a rebound. Uh, it's up about 6% from its low in December. And Jonathan Krinsky, who's the chief market technician over at MCAM Partners, figures we are, and I'm quoting here, still in the very early innings of a shift that favors the rest of the world over the U.S. So his take is that there's more of this to come. I mean, obviously, he's focusing in on the charts to make that judgment. And he sees a number of markets around the world where indexes have been sort of down for years and, as he would describe it, have built a base and then have kind of taken off in the last few months. So he's seeing enough strength internationally to suggest that what has happened in the past five months or so is not just a blip. Anyway, if you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart along with the explanation that goes with it. And everything I do going forward, the email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. And you know what's kind of interesting, Dave, too? Um, at the Stone Investment Conference uh, that was underway, uh, Double Line Capital's Jeff Goodlock, he recommended shorting the S&P 500 going long on emerging market stocks. Um, and it, this was kind of despite conventional wisdom that rising U.S. rates will lead to a strong dollar. But anyway, it's interesting. He, too, was looking outside the United States for opportunities. And I feel like we've been hearing that from a fair amount of strategists. Right. I'm glad you mentioned Gunlack for a couple of reasons. One is if you run a similar chart, substituting in an emerging market ETF, it looks very much the same. And Mm -hmm. second, suffice it to say that the Markets Live blog, uh, which I'm a a contributor, has had a few things to say about Gunlack uh, today. In fact, uh, good or bad? Well, they just are. I mean, uh, you look at his track record, uh, you realize he's a bond investor making calls on stocks, and and then you go from there. Uh, interesting. Uh, you know, uh, to that though, uh, when we look at global markets, um, we've got the commodities index down 5% in just the last, uh, three weeks. And I wonder, uh, Felipe Hernandez is with us. He's our Latin American economist and Bloomberg, from Bloomberg Intelligence. And I wonder, um, uh, Felipe, when you look at that commodities index, uh, and you see the, uh, the, the impact that it could have, uh, on, on all kinds of things, uh, certainly world economies are, are going to be, uh, massively affected by that. Latin American economies, I should say. Yeah, well, you, when you look at Latin America, most uh, of the countries, and especially the two largest countries, uh, uh, Brazil and Mexico, are uh, net ex- uh, commodity exporters. But it, this is true for, uh, again, most of the countries. Uh, very important for the region what's happening with oil prices, which are down 14% in the last month. And some of the metals, particularly copper, very important for the region as well, which is down about uh, 6%. And in terms of the outlook for, for the economy, definitely... Uh, Commodity prices and oil in particular is very important. And the decline that we have seen uh, in the last couple of weeks that you mentioned is definitely not uh, good news for for Latin America. Not necessarily because uh, this is going to trigger another crisis, basically because even the or despite the decline in the last three weeks, when you compare uh, commodity yeah. prices against uh, last year or 2015, we're still above those levels. So nothing to trigger a new crisis, but definitely something that will be uh, a significant headwind for the much-expected recovery in, in the region. Well, Felipe, I'm just thinking of what Dave Wilson just said, building on, on his um, 
chart of the day and how the rest of the world, like kind of in the early innings of a shift that favors the rest of the world of the U.S. in stocks, when you look at those Latin American markets, um, what kind of growth opportunities are we expecting? Well, there were two uh, main drivers that had uh, uh, a lot of uh, analysts uh, excited for this year. One is the recovery or signs of recovering economic activity in the developed markets, both the U.S. and Europe, as well as in uh, in places like China. And mm-hmm. the second one was these rebounding commodity prices that we had seen since last year. This one, of course, is starting to lose uh, some steam right now. Uh, the third or tied to the first point, uh, it would be that external demand tied with the fact that uh, currencies have depreciated and uh, despite some uh, recovery in, uh, so far this year, they are still at relatively competitive levels. So exports from uh, Latin America to the rest of the world uh, are competitive in part because of the exchange rate, of course, against that or a risk for uh, this to play uh, in favor of, of growth in Latin America and higher exports is uh, the increase in uh, protectionist rhetoric that we have seen in the U.S. and in other places. D- uh, Dave, just got about 30 seconds here. You mentioned uh, the Stone Investment Conference in Gunlock. Uh, have a lot of folks been talking about some of the uh, news coming out of that event? Well, certainly you've seen it reflected in the way that some of these shares have been moving. Uh, I just wanted to kind of ba- come back around real fast. Uh, you know, I had a trade out the other day talking about how emerging markets are more dependent on technology, less dependent on co- uh, commodities. Latin America still very much dominated by oil and metals. You don't have the tech influence there. Uh, well, indeed, I guess it won't get that benefit as well. Um, uh, interesting stuff to think about. Felipe Hernandez, Latin American economist with Bloomberg Intelligence. And, of course, Dave Wilson, our stocks editor, with his stock of the day. This is Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. It is time for a check on the latest world of national news headlines. Once again, we have Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Carol. Thanks. Well, we're following a move that could put the U.S. at odds with its ally, Turkey. President Trump has approved arming Kurdish forces in Syria We're fighting Islamic State. The U.S. has argued that the Kurds are needed to retake the militants' self-styled capital of Raqqa. But Turkey considers these fighters terrorists when they're in its territory. We're keenly aware of the security concerns of our coalition partners in Turkey. Uh, We want to reassure the people and the government of Turkey that the U.S. is committed to preventing additional security risks and protecting our NATO allies. That's White House spokesman Sean Spicer. As for the overall war in Syria, a British parliamentarian who's been there says there's no easy choice. Either you get a dictator or Islamic State. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman reports from the National Press Club in Washington. Caroline Cox, a senior member of the House of Lords who founded Britain's Humanitarian Aid Relief Trust, just returned from a trip to Aleppo, where she saw refugees fleeing from areas held by the Islamic State. Without President Assad holding Syria together in as much as he does, there is no moderate armed opposition left. And therefore, if he and the Syrian army and the Syrian government were to be removed, it would become another Iraq, another Libya. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio. Not even four months into his term, President Trump has already launched a re-election website. The president's campaign calls this site DonaldJTrump.com, a one-stop destination to learn how the president's spurring economic growth. It also has a button asking for contributions. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.